It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. Ah! Welcome to episode number thirty-one of B movie breakdown. I'm Corey, and with me as always is DRC. Oh man. If only we had some amazing alto sax music going on for our theme song, because uh, that Baywatch Nights theme song is killer. So uh, if you didn't know by the scream in the beginning and our awesome um, mouth renditions of the theme song, this week we are covering... Baywatch Nights, Season 2, Episode Number 9, Night Whisperer. Uh, it might sound weird um. <laughs> doing Baywatch Nights, Season 2, Episode 9, but if you've uh, followed us in the past, you know we've watched uh, Baywatch Nights episodes from Season 2 before. Season 2 of Baywatch Nights, like we said last week, has gone in a supernatural direction. and be- X-Files rip-off direction. Yeah, and it became... Very, very terrible. It became absolutely just ridiculous and deserves... Way more credit than it gets because uh, it is literally an adult swim, except for the fact that it's like a whole hour long, forty-five minutes long of absolute just ridiculousness. Uh, this time we didn't have too much slow motion scenes being filler, just some weird uh, extra, oh, instead, extra cop scenes. Instead, we got terrible, terrible scenes inside a supposedly shut down, shutting down police station, just as an excuse to you know not have to tape anywhere else or have anything interesting going on because they had no money. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I. And that's the only explanation you can get, uh, you know. But uh, you can listen to us if you subscribe on iTunes on our website bbpodcast.com or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site on our email bbpodcast at gmail on our Twitter at bbpodcast or on Facebook. Send us your suggestions for future movies for us to break down. You know, home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck, all these ridiculous movies and TV shows, past and present. So this week, B or not B, Baywatch nights. I don't know what I was gonna say. B B watch B watch nights. Bitch watch. Uh, you know, like can't trust the B in apartment twenty three. Oh, I think that show got canceled. It did get canceled. Uh But uh, you know, you get the uh, get a censor. So B watch nights. Well, I I just thought it was gonna be like a beekeeper watching bees. Oh. But maybe he's like a pervert and he's like watching with like binoculars to watch him fuck or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then it goes into the world of bees and you see bees fucking, but it's women dressed as bees. Oh, or the, the douchebag picture I sent you from, was it somewhere on Imager where like these these two like, you know, like semi-ripped guys are just like wearing like like Speedos and like bee wings and antennas and just have the word kill a bees written on their <laughs> chests. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, um, I guess that's what Bee Watch Nights could be. But uh, we've been, we're going to be talking about Baywatch Nights, Season 2, Episode 9, Night Whispers. I have no fucking idea why it's called Night Whispers. Because it's the than, vampire Other episode. than that, it deals with a vampire, and only one scene really takes place at night. I guess the scene when they're in the warehouse could have been at night, but it was during... Dur- well, it's not it a warehouse. Time. It's a police oh, station yeah. that, that <laughs> yeah, is a warehouse, yeah. because... Why? <laughs> well, when they go into the uh, police station, it's daytime, but it makes the the vibe you're getting from the inside would make you think it was at night. I I don't know. It's yeah. uh, you get kind of lost here. The the episode opens up with a woman 
who is very clearly going to be the vampire. They don't make any sort of, you know, you know, figure it out type of thing. Oh, it's a softcore porn opening, actually. They're playing like a like a shitty ripoff smooth jazz tune. Almost like the theme song. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, but like this is this is definitely like softcore music where she's just like um, chilling up in her high rise apartment with a balcony and um, she's sort of feeling up on herself a little bit. And she bends down and like kisses a flower, I guess. She and she bit it too. Oh yeah. And she takes a drink of her champagne and looks off her balcony and can somehow tell what's going on down there while a few people are going for a jog. One of them being one of um Mitch's private detective partners, Ryan McBride, I think is her name, but Ryan anyway. She's jogging with a guy. We don't even know who this is. Apparently, it's some boyfriend of hers. Or it could have been that other dude, but it didn't really look no, like him. No, it didn't look like him. Yeah. I mean, from a distance, it did, but then when they, they closed in, it was like, I don't think it's him, but anyway. Yeah, yeah it was really weird. I don't really know what was going on uh, there. But yeah, they're jogging, and she has this amazing line of, I don't want to burn. Oh, he's like, come I on. Be cool. We got we to gotta keep running. Only half a mile to go. Half a mile is like four laps around the track at the, the fitness center at my my college that I went to. And, like, even I could do that. She's just like, no, no. Like, she's she's more serious when it comes to the detective shit. But, like, run, fuck you. Yeah. He's like, come on, feel the burn. And she's like, I don't want to burn. I want to be cool. I want to hug and does. But the way she said it, she said it weird. I thought she said, I want to hug it out. It almost did sound like hug, but then I noticed she said does after it. So she wanted some damn ice cream, and she wanted to be... In her bathtub, chilling at home, not out, out running around. But but you know what? It paid off for her because she was able to discover uh, this body. That was... Well, a guy cuts ahead of him who's, um, I don't know if he was jogging with them or just happened to be jogging at the same time. I think and... he was just jogging at night as yeah, well. But <clears throat> he gets ahead of them. He crosses a bridge. And we see our vampire chick look down, see him get all happy, and like takes off and like... The whole camera angle they do for this, it's, like, weird. Like, I guess she's sort of, like, swooping down, but they just make it all weird and, like, jumpy. Like, some of the little bumpers they play on Adult Swim where, like, <laughs> they're fucking with it just to fuck with it. Like, this is what vampire sees. Acid trip. Yeah, as it's, like, stupid vampire vision, like, slightly distorted camera. And uh, she flies over and knocks the dude off the bridge. You never actually... It doesn't s- go anywhere, really. It it must just be like over a little creek or a pond or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little tiny little bridge. And the <laughs> thing is, they never ever show her. I mean, they don't have the budget to, I guess, but they don't ever show her doing anything. No, they always show afterwards or just the body. Like, there's never a scene of her ever doing anything. Well, Ryan and her boyfriend run up, and Ryan glances over and sees the guy. She's like, "Wait!" So then the guy, you'd think, since it's a vampire thing, he'd be bitten the neck, but he's got blood on his neck and then blood on his chest, like. What the hell? How does he have a bloody chest from a neck bite? Apparently, she's biting people in the chest, though. I don't know why. But if she's doing that, then why did he have a bloody neck? He didn't have a bloody neck. She checks no, his neck he, for a pulse. He had he had a blood spot on his oh. neck before she goes to look at him. Oh, for some reason, I didn't. I thought she just went to go check his pulse. But as we learned from this episode, parks are dangerous because of illegals. Oh yeah. They call the cops, and they're doing this at night. How late at night this must have been, I don't know. But when the cops come, it's daytime. Like, <laughs> yeah. full-on daytime. They're still standing there. Maybe they're doing it at, like, 5 in the morning or and something. It was just get. It was, you know, it was it was oh. dark, but it was just dark enough and then about to be light outside. So maybe they were going for a really early morning run. Oh, don't try to help this, Corey. <laughs> don't try to help this. But then the cop there, this is only 1996. He's like, this world we live in. 
can't, you're just not safe anymore. What with illegals, homeless, muggers, gangs, but illegals, above muggers, gangs, everything else, illegals and homeless. In the park. Those are the ones you got to worry about. Yeah, you know, you can't go through the park at night. Like in Home Alone 2. Don't go so, to the park at night. So they're talking about what's happened, and like, we didn't see anything, we just found the guy, dur dur and the cop's like, uh, well, I know it's hard, but, you know, stretch your memories, if you remember anything else, let us know, but I mean, you, you guys probably don't know anything, dur dur and so her boyfriend goes, look, I don't mean to back out, but I got a photo shoot in an hour, so like, yeah, fuck this murder investigation, yeah, he just I gotta off. go be pretty. Yeah, and he literally just takes off, you never see him again throughout the rest of the episode, and then it literally cuts... From that, from them in the park, to them all of a sudden in the apartment of the woman who's a vampire. Like, yeah, no idea how they, they got the idea to investigate her or anything. Until like a few it's, minutes later they give an explanation, but at first you're just like, Why? well one, it just cuts. Yep. It's like some of the worst editing ever. It just cuts straight to this fucking scene. And you're just, your mind is just blown. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how do they know to investigate this woman? And this chick could not be like any more obviously suspicious, shady or oh, anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, her records alone are suspicious, other than the way she acts. Well, she's got a weird fake accent, and, like, they might as well have just gone, like, full-on, like, stereotypical Dracula, like, you know, blah, welcome, detectives. Yeah. How can I help you? Ah, ah, ah. Honestly, from this show, I I expected that. I expected that from this show. But, you know, she's probably from Transylvania or something. But these cops are, like, they're, they're questioning her, and they act like it's no big deal, and then they're like, oh... Well, we found some blood on your nightgown. You know, how can you explain that? She's just like, oh, yes, well, I cut myself while I was shaving my legs. So she wears her nightgown while she shaves and she, her legs. And she tells them, like, I enjoy the out-of-doors at night. Sunlight's too much for me to bear. Yeah, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> yeah, so she's she- wearing these thick dark glasses and like these these like elbow length at least gloves on both So she hands. can exist in the sunlight apparently. She doesn't have to be away from the sunlight. She can exist in the sunlight as long as she's wearing a little bit cover up a little bit of her body and wears giant sunglasses. It's okay. Yep. And then uh I also loved in that scene where the cops writing everything down, Ryan is also writing stuff down on her hand. Yeah. Like this <laughs> because, woman's well, name. Fuck, fuck these cops. I don't trust the cops. I'm the only one who can solve this case. And then what does Ryan see when she's putting on her like cloak or whatever she's wearing? Yeah, she insists the cop help her put her cloak on before she goes out. Yeah. And what does Ryan see? No reflection in the mirror. Oh <laughs> and that's how the episode like kicks shit. off. It's like that like opening. And then it goes into the uh, the intro of the show right after the no reflection. You know, this huge reveal. Oh, shit, like we already didn't know she's a vampire because we watched her fly out of her building. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe if, if you wouldn't have known that she was a vampire already, that would have been a bigger reveal. But it wasn't like, it was just like, all right, we already knew. Like, your character's finding out, but us as an audience, they made it seem like it was a big reveal in it. No. A whole lot of nothing. And apparently, uh, Mitch has crashed his boat into some rocks. Yeah, Who knows she, what the hell he's doing drunk? She decides to call Mitch and not Teague, the paranormal expert who works with them at the detective agency. But she decides to call Mitch instead, and she's just like, wait, he did what? He did what with his boat and turned a something into a something, and it's on the rocks and what? Like, who gives a fuck if he crashed his boat? Just get him on the phone with me. Like, never mind, I'm coming down there. So yeah. when she gets down there to talk to him, he's just like, uh, oh, you're talking about the murder? How does he know this? He's not yeah. a cop. He's a private detective, and nobody has been involved with this to hire them yet. Yeah, 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know how Mitch knows about the murder already. What what he was doing, crashing his boat into rocks. Who knows? Drunk maybe. Yeah, and then his, he uh, he's mentioning to her while he's working on this boat, which shows no sign of damage at all. Like, how come every time you repair something, there's always a piece left over? Like, clearly you're fucking up and not fixing it correctly. Then you idiot. And so, so Ryan. Okay, this is the ninth episode in this season. So so far, eight other times. They've dealt with some sort of paranormal, supernatural, some sort of element like that. Nine times, or eight times so far. So, they're used to this shit by now. Which we've learned in other episodes, we've seen where Mitch is always the skeptic. Uh, it always The thing that kind of bothered me about this is that Ryan always seemed like the one to believe all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I can't even say it. I can't even... Yeah, well, normally she's like so serious, she... And past episodes, or at least the first two we watched, she, like, had her shit together, but now she's just coming off as, like, a, a dumb little ditzy girl. Like, she had blood on her nightgown. Like, this is how she's describing this woman, like, and Mitch, I'm sure, is just like, okay, why are you telling me this? And yeah. she, she wears gloves. Yeah, she goes, yeah, her, her big thing is, Mitch, she wears gloves. He just stares at her. In California, stares at her again. In August. And she goes, look, okay, everybody knows vampires wear gloves to hide their hairy palms. <laughs> Well, she reads that out of a book. Yeah, yeah. She has this like, collection of vampire these books. These books that she bought. obviously like just bought at Barnes and Noble or something. Yeah, they look brand. And Mitch goes, "Huh, reminds me of one of my fears." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, uh, there's all sorts of weird little wrinkles to like vampire legends that like popped up all over Eastern Europe. I I uh, looked into some of this for a paper I did senior year of high school. Like some of them were really ridiculous. Like they only have one nostril. Or they they've got pointy ears, or they're they're super obsessive compulsive. Yeah. So if you leave leave newspapers spread around your bedroom, they'll have to stop and read every word before they can attack you. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> that's crazy. Like that's like a that was like a thing. Yeah, and they've um, never put that into any sort of. I've never seen a vampire in any movie or television thing. On uh, the second vampire episode they did on the X Files, they dealt with that, but like trying to figure out like the weirdness of the legends and what's true and what's not, but, like, Mulder was sort of into it. So this kid was a vampire and was coming in to attack Mulder, and he woke up just in time to see him. So he he enjoyed sunflower seeds, right? That was one of his Mm, snacks. So, like, he threw a handful out, like, around his bed, and the vampire kid stops. He's like, oh, you are so dead when I finish picking these up. And he starts, like, quickly, like, (laughs) trying to gather them all up. Like, really? That would have been hilarious if they would have used that in this for some, in some sort of way, like... Oh God! Oh, I got—I got to put my glove. Oh, my glove! My gloves are wrong. Oh, oh like I, yeah, I really would have liked them to like have a reveal. Like, no, this can't be true. He peels off one of her gloves. Oh, palm pubes! Ah! <laughs> or she's in that police station slash warehouse, and because it's such a wreck, she's having to clean the entire thing before she can kill anybody. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> this place is a disaster. Fucking budget cuts. Mucky mucks and paper pushers. <laughs> God. Yeah, because apparently the police station is moving uh, locations to another... They're combining with another police station, and they run into this very disgruntled police officer out front who's ranting and raving about budget cuts and the mucky mucks and all this other garbage. He just keeps going off, and they even show him after they walk in and stop talking to him. 
they let this guy go on like a, a couple, like a minute long rant afterwards. Well, too. they got to fill their time quota <laughs> any way they can because they don't have the budget, story, or good taste to do anything else. And so. I wanted to know why were they boarding up the the doors yeah. with you people still inside? You don't fucking board up a building while people are still in the process of moving out, especially not a police station. Yeah, but this is what they're doing. Yeah, they're literally. And um, well, before this though, Ryan takes a look at some blood that she got on her clothes from the victim. Supposedly, she only just noticed this now, and it's still liquid. It hasn't coagulated. So she looks at it under a microscope like, oh, this is so weird, compares it to her blood for some reason. They get their paranormal expertise involved. He's like, oh, my God, like, you know, like, uh, so we're coming. You coming with us? He's like, no. They're like, why not? Aren't you intrigued? He's like, yes, very. And he just walks out. And this is the last we see of him the whole episode. He's all about this shit. He pushed it on Mitch from the beginning. Mitch didn't want anything to do with it. They get dragged into it anyway. But, like, this guy, like, oh, no, I'm very interested. But I'm leaving for no reason. You'll never find out why. Well, I don't know when the Viking episode happened, but you find out that when we watched it previously and in another episode of the podcast... That Teague is involved in some sort of government things going on. Oh, don't help us, Corey. So maybe he had some government things to do that were secret vampire government things, so he didn't want to get involved and reveal that the government knows about vampires. No. No. (laughs) The whole government thing doesn't make sense, because they make him seem like he's this, you know, like, smart yet crazy fringe guy, and like, I don't have any other outlet except to go to this, this little detective agency and use them to pursue my goals, but why would he do that if he's working for the government anyway? Uh, and besides, the, the Viking episode happens after this, so... Well, exactly. Maybe, maybe so we he didn't got know hired. about the government stuff yet, so yeah. he had to go off and do government things for about Vikings or something, or vampires. He's like, he sees us, he's like, shit. He's like, we can't let them... We, I gotta go tell the government that there's vampires out there. <laughs> no. I think he, he he only just got hired on to the government after this. And I, he's still like, no. I, I, I can't make excuses for this show, Dan. Come no, on. <laughs> no. Because they're so they're so blatant and so terrible and never ever should have made the cut to like make it to air anyway. But no, you know what he did? He's like, uh, I gotta go fap it. Spider-Man's holding the desk for me. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's out there investigating vampires, and I'm just sitting here masturbating. Because, <laughs> like, I guess it was just a reason to have Teague in the show at all. But the thing is, we've we've only watched, like, a handful of episodes so far of this. Four. Uh, yeah, and we've yet to see Donna D'Arco, who is in the opening credits. And, uh... We've only seen Eddie Sibrian once. Eddie Sibrian one Viking time. Episode. Yeah, in the Viking episode that we watched for the podcast. Yeah, I really, I just don't... I can vouch that Eddie Sibrian is in the season premiere. I watched part of once and didn't get to finish, but I still haven't seen um, Ms. Uh, D'Erico, Derrico, whatever the hell. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with her. So uh, Mitch ends up meeting the vampire in the hallway while Ryan's in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, she's like, <laughs> this is so funny, just like fucking chick. She's so adamant about investigating this thing when it's in the police's hands anyway and not there. He's like, oh, hold on, I need a potty break. Yeah. So then Vampire Chick creeps up on Mitch while he's waiting for Ryan to take her tinkle. But he doesn't know it's Vampire Chick because he he has no clue what she looks like or anything. Well, the way she's talking to him and has the mist swirling about her, I think he knew something was up. Oh, yeah, I mean, and then she just disappears, which he didn't see her disappear into dust, but... Well, she turns in the mist right in front of him, like, the mist starts swirling as she's, like, backing away, like, looking at him still. 
Like, he glances over to Ryan, and you see her fade away into mist. I don't know if he saw it or not, but either way, he should have known something was wrong. Like, she can't be gone yet. And then this one cop that they go to who has been kind of dealing with the investigation, we're seeing, we see him, and he's making a deal with these whores. He's, like, cutting a deal with them so they don't have to get in trouble as long as they just don't get in trouble again. Yeah, and then they're, despite this, they're still trying to buy him off, like, trying to barter, like, you know, sex for their release. Like, forget all about it. And I think his thing was, like, we're letting you off with a warning, but don't get caught again. Like, no, you're letting us off with nothing because we're going to suck your cock. Man, they just really want to suck some cock, you know? Well, I love a woman that loves her job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We all, they also, the cop makes a lifeguard joke to Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> I like how he knows that he's like a you know local local big shot lifeguard as well. Well, I think it's funny that like all these cops and authority figures know him and like defer to him as if he's like you know like not maybe not the president but like you know the mayor, the governor, something. They're just like, hey, lifeguard, how's the work? Because we're drowning in here. Yeah, well, maybe they had to you know investigate some crimes that happened on the beach. I'm sure they do, but. Ah, uh, it's it's like Mitch Buchanan owns this town. Like, yep, yep, I'm a professional lifeguard. This is as far as I've gone my life, my career, and I run this fucking town. I run the shit out of it. Well, you know what? Mitch is a good guy, and he knows what he's doing, and the cops respect him. They have a lot of respect for this guy, okay? They may, you know, he makes a lifeguard joke, but it's like a buddy-buddy thing. Like, haha, you know? And then, you know, they respect his paranormal work. They respect all the work he's done thus far, the eight encounters he's had thus far. And who knows, when the show ended, that character in the fictional world could have been, you know, a top paranormal guy. Probably has his own ghost hunting show on, like, their sci-fi, oh. sci-fi network. We need we need 12 more of those, so that would be good. <laughs> What, Ghost Hunters with Oh, there's, our, there's already like 12 to 15, but you know, that's not enough. We just got to keep going. They just have like the Ghost Hunter Network, and we could, you know, just, just drive home to how seriously real this all is, because my mom watches every one of them and just buys it uncritically, and it's terrible. GHN, man. GHN, it's coming. <sighs> Fuck my tits with a curling <laughs> That could be the, before they launch the channel, it's coming. GHN. They're here. Has a little girl from Poltergeist, like a well, not really her because she dead, but like <laughs> not really her because she did. <laughs> She's dead. She dead, man. She dead. She ain't coming back. She got eaten by rats like this vampire. Oh. <laughs> well, not yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. So the officer is. Oh, the hookers have their criminal lawyer come in to try to help them. I don't know why he's there. He wasn't necessary. Yeah, and uh, I love how she tries to explain that there's a vampire to this police officer. She already ex- she already made the statement many times, like, I'm going to sound crazy, I'm going to sound crazy. So why don't they just go try to do this themselves? Well, they kind of do, I guess. But why didn't they wait till she's, like, out of jail or something and go to her apartment? Or look, maybe look for stuff out of her apartment or something instead. I don't know, with their private investigator warrant or some sh- bullshit like that. But instead, they try to go to the cop to get question her and he's like wants to know why and angie Harmon finally just buckles down and is like because i think she's a vampire like yep that's gonna get you in all right that's sure you know you know the cops are gonna be like oh you you're right she is a vampire go in they do let him in so i guess it kind of yeah works. and then <laughs> she finds um i don't know why because this at first i thought it was a criminal lawyer for the hookers but he's still upstairs so i don't know 
who was killed in the jail cell, but somebody was killed. This one, it was an officer. It was a oh, police okay. officer that was watching her. And I also loved in this rundown police station, condemned building, whatever, you can't make phone calls out. Yeah, the phone lines are shut down. Oh, you can't call out. We get incoming calls, though. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Well, yeah, because they need to be able to get incoming calls if there's an emergency in the no, area. No, but I really don't think that's <laughs> real, Corey. I'm trying to make excuses for this show. Okay, man? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm trying to help it out, okay? Okay. It happens. All we need, You know what we need in this situation? You know what would be a great team up here to make everything even more legit? You get a team up of the Imparanormal Investigators here, Mitch Buchanan, Ryan Teague, and they team up with the Buttercream Gang. Okay. They can solve so many problems. You know, the Buttercream Gang can get them treats. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll teach the vampire lady how, how you don't need to be a bad person, and like it's only because you don't like yourself. And then in the end, when they all decide to be friends and Christians and Mormons or whatever, they all go, hey, treats are on me, guys. <laughs> yeah! And they all high-five, vampire and all. See, it would all work out. And all, but the thing is, maybe all the vampire lady needed, what she really wanted, was somebody to sing to her the Diet Pepsi commercial from the night. Maybe she just wanted to kill her bike to ride around yeah. so she doesn't have to fly anymore. Yeah, she wanted to kill her bike and she wanted to hear that, you're the right one, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know how much carbon emission she's got going on every time she flies? It's yeah. not very green. Not very green. Not very green. And maybe that's why she stopped watching TV and just started watching commercials. Just like the buttercream gang. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe she needed to go to Chicago and hang out with Pete for a while with Aunt Spaghetti to learn a lesson. They got that Boston accent in Chicago. <laughs> well, back to the uh, the condemned building where you can't make phone calls out, but they can come in. And apparently they only have the one office where they, they deal with the couple cops that are up there. The little jail cell. Oh, you know, I don't know if it's on the same floor or down a floor or what, and that's the only the only parts that are active in this entire building. Everything else is not only empty, but shut down, boarded up, cemented shut, apparently. Yeah, can, it just looks like run down, condemned, like this terrible building. They say, we can't get out. Building. There's bars on all the windows, and all the doors are cemented shut. And that, uh, the one one of the two, there's these two whores that end up running around with them, and the one, uh, the one whore... She didn't know that women could be vampires. Yeah. <laughs> She's a vampire? I didn't know women could do that. And uh, this is at this point we learn that the vampire, her... Was this her main goal always? She's been looking for Mitch? Or when the sight of Mitch gets her... She's been looking for somebody, searching for her purpose, apparently. And apparently it's Mitch Buchanan, because, you know, that's everybody's purpose. That's her that's her special purpose. She wants his special purpose. So, you get what I mean. Okay, they find the cop dead in the cell. Ryan tells the other cop upstairs. He goes down to check on it. Then he orders Mitch. There's another female cop upstairs. He orders Mitch to take charge and get everybody else out of the building. Yeah, not the female cop. So the guy cop goes down to investigate. The, the vampire pops up and kills him too. She's eaten three people in less than 24 hours. She's got to be full by now. But apparently she's just going to keep going. And, um, so anyway. Well, the thing is, what did that one dumbass lady cop say? Oh, she said a couple of stupid things. Like, they're trying to, they're trying to get out of the building, but, like, they're not hurrying at all. They're just walking like it's no big thing. Like, eh, dur -dur -dur, whatever. 
So then, um, was it they hear a scream from him or something? And Mitch is like, I'm going to go check this out. Like, Ryan, you get him out. So then they get hopelessly lost because... Yeah, because apparently this place is just a giant lab. There's only like one way in or out of here. And now we've, we're also turn around. We can't remember how we got back in. Yeah, they just keep running in circles. And, and oh, they places. ask the chick cop, like, how do you get out? She goes, hell, I work here and even I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How? Yeah, that's what I was how? talking about. Yeah, how does she not know the way around the fucking PlayStation? Is she new or so something? So the rest of this place, it's so abandoned, and like they're pumping in like smoke and mist too. It looks like it's an abandoned factory or warehouse or something. Like not even a police station. You'd never guess it's what it was. There's like these big like cylindrical, almost looking like they'd be vats of something like lined up like in you know rows, like lining like a path or something. So it looks like it's part of a factory. Yeah. When Mitch finally confronts the vampire yeah, chicken, it's the a end. very weird looking place. And uh, at one point, the whores they think they know the way, so they go a different way than everybody else. And then the one whore, Chantal, ends up getting killed by the vampire as the other girl just stands there and watches. Yeah. Does nothing to help. There's nothing to try to get herself out of there either. I just gotta stand here and scream till it's my turn. But that girl apparently has been in many situations like this before because she exclaims, <laughs> "How do I get myself into these places?" Yeah, like what the fuck? How often does this kind of shit happen to you? My like last John was a werewolf, <laughs> <laughs> and this guy died while I was fucking him, and then he turned into a zombie and almost bit me. And then I met this guy, Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, apparently, even though there's a vampire on the loose, they're more scared of rats than they are vampires. Oh, no, see, this is oh, this is so shitty. Uh, Mitch has a little encounter with the vampire chick. He's he's so scared and running away from her. He's, like, so incompetent. He's like a, a dumb chick in a horror movie until he pulls a Spider-Man move to pull himself up on, like, the fence lining, like, this door or something. Somehow that throws her off his trail, at least for a minute. Then he ends up falling down some stairs. He should probably be hurt or at least knocked out or something but then he's just laying there all all sluggish and she stands at the top of the stairs and he's just like who are you what do you want and she's like i've been asking myself that same question for 400 <laughs> years now i think i have the answer and then she lets him go if she wanted him why did she let him go and she goes and kills the hookers and tells him i want mitch give him to me or you're all gonna die yeah i just love that for 400 years every day she wakes up and asks herself who am i so what we, am I doing here? What's my purpose in life? So we were hoping for like a Highlander-esque flashback. Oh, I would have loved a Highlander-esque like, you know, maybe, maybe Mitch had been, is reincarnated and they'd met before in the past and she's God, been chasing him. I was hoping him. for that so bad. And like, they hinted at it really strongly. I, I even want to take, uh, I want to took like, um, David Hasselhoff in a white wig. <laughs> like, you know, like a little powdered English, li yeah, powdered wig. <laughs> like, big, Colonial like a little Hoff. fancy boy. Uh, you know, I would have loved anything like that, but we didn't get anything like that, unfortunately. But at one point, when Mitch gets back with the group, they hear something, they think it's running water. Yeah, which would have been a good place to throw in one of the, the less commonly known vampire myths about they can't cross running water. And, like, if they can hear water flowing through a pipe in this building, God knows why, since it's mostly shut down. Like, we just bust this open and, like, make a complete arc around ourselves. She won't be able to cross it, and we can figure something else out. But no, they they don't even go to bust open a pipe. They bust open, like, a, a heating duct or something, and Mitch is like, wait, like he knows something's going to happen. And then just rats fall out of it. Then they run away screaming from the rats. Yeah, they run, they run away from the rats towards where the vampire is. 
So at this point, you know, then, shit makes no fucking sense in this movie whatsoever. Like, I mean, movie. like, mo- movie. It should be a movie, <laughs> TV show. Sorry about that. I'm so used to, uh, you know, but, the um, movie breakdown, not the TV. Mitch decides to give himself over to the vampire. So then he he leaves the group like near him, but like he walks through a door and like they shut like a door or gate behind him or something. He's walking towards her like in front of, like, these weird vats that look like, you know, they're in a factory. And then he starts talking to her like he's all, like, weird and hypnotized. And he's like, you know, he says, I've known you for over a hundred years or something. Like, what? This is like, really is what he, I was hoping he, for a scene. Is he just playing along or is this real? I don't know. And, like, you never find out. Because then it just turns into the softcore porn, almost yeah, softcore Yeah, they're playing the softcore music again. He goes, you're the most desirable creature I've ever seen. She's like, no man has ever dared to say that to me before. So I thought they were just going to hopefully do like some, some softcore dry humping or something. Because they start making out a little bit. And, and she then, tells him, Mitch, you are one of us. Like, really? Is this a thing? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> but then like he starts making out with her a little bit. Then he like shoves her off. He goes, back off, Batwoman. Then she hisses and like scratches him and flies at him. She's right there. Why did she need to fly at him? But so then, apparently, they get this brilliant idea. They didn't have anything useful around. He runs through the gate. They shut it behind him and some through, somehow shove chair legs through it. And she flies into it and stakes herself. And that's the end. And rats start eating her. Yeah, she falls down and instantly rats around her like Kenny in the early South Park <laughs> episodes. Like, yeah, rats eat the undead. <laughs> Dead vampire? Yeah, let's gnaw on her till she turns and into then, mist and disappears, which she does. And then literally... It just, uh, that's how it was resolved. They just cut away, like the they, one lady cop who's alive. Well, everything's in order here. Go on home, kids. Yeah. They'll just walk out of the building. Nobody outside the building. All the cops outside. You got two dead cops and a dead hooker, but who, who gives a shit? Nobody outside the building, because, I mean, there's a million cops around all packing stuff away. Nobody asks what's been going on, why everybody's been inside, because they had to go out, because he goes, everyone's coming out. He's like, go up to the blah, blah, blah floor. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, get, you know, move it along quick because we're all leaving or whatever. They're boarding this place up. Oh, goddamn monkey mucks and paper pushes are making them do all the moving work because they're too <laughs> cheap to pay for movers themselves. And then there's a scene at the end which kind of got me excited for a quick yeah, second. Yeah. Because I really thought they were going in this direction, but they fucking fooled us. Mitch goes back to the detective office. And uh, you can see he's got, like, visible bloody scratches on the side of his face. And he's acting all fatigued, and nobody's around to see this, so why would he be doing this? He's acting all fatigued, he's just like, oh, like, oh, it's so bright in here, he turns off the lights, it's clearly nighttime already, and he goes and he lays down on the couch, and then Ryan walks in, like, hey, are you okay? She didn't nick you, did she? Which she obviously did. Yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes, no, he goes, she didn't nick me, did she? How can he? Okay, like, yeah. Like, he doesn't know, like, he has scratches all over his neck, and his shoulder probably had him too, because... He had that one big scratch mark on his uh, shirt, too. Yeah. On his shoulder. And then she starts looking at his neck, and then he goes, oh, like acting like he's a vampire, and he just has fake teeth in, and it's one big joke, and... And she's like, yeah, hey, god damn it, that's not funny. He goes, hey, this cost me $2. It's very funny. And that's the end. Yeah. One, yeah, he he got ripped off on those vampire teeth. $2 for some plastic, cheap-ass vampire teeth. No explanation on if he really knew this chick, 
if they had some kind of weird history or whatever, no maybe explanation. She comes, maybe she comes back in another episode. I doubt it. <laughs> no explanation on where Teague was, why he wouldn't take part in this. We no, already know why Teague wouldn't take no part in it. No explanation on Ryan's boyfriend, where he was, what he even had to do with anything, why he was even there. He was doing a photo shoot for the government with Teague. <laughs> He could have easily just been <laughs> jogging by herself and not had the boyfriend and had this thing with him, but... Well, then she would have been a suspect. No, because she was the one that found the guy anyway, and she wasn't a suspect then. I can kill you and be like, hey, I found his body. Okay, sure. <laughs> but, like, this whole show, just, just like, every, well, not everything, not everything else we've seen, but, like, anything in this show, like, the number one rule of television is you don't... You have a very limited amount of screen time. You don't waste time on <laughs> anything that like doesn't make any sense, isn't necessary to the plot. Like a lot of this shit in here should have been condensed out, shouldn't have been in here in the first place, but nope. Well, it's all just here. Like we typed up a first draft in twelve hours and this is what we're going for, god damn it. Yeah, it it really is it's just it's frustrating to watch because this show could easily be condensed into a thirty minute show. Uh, you know, with commercials, nineteen minutes. You know, it, it didn't. It doesn't have to be a forty-five minute this, long show. It should definitely be on Adult Swim if they could just trim the fat a little bit. Oh, they definitely could. I know David Hasselhoff would probably be all about it. I don't know about Angie Harmon, right? That's her name. Yeah, she uh, she has that one show on TNT that's pretty successful. Well, so, it's part of the it's part of the Turner family of networks. They there you go. They'd probably be able to work something out like. Regina King does does uh, Huey and Riley on the Boondocks, and now she's on the cop show Southland on TNT. And they're going to be making a fourth season at some point. I'm sure she's gonna, you know, make time to accommodate that again. I mean, if they do it right, they do it respectfully. It might work. Respectfully, this show doesn't even respect itself. Well, Dan. I know, but that's the point. <laughs> Children's Hospital's been nominated for Emmys. Okay, like this could work. It could work. I don't know if it'll ever get nominated for an Emmy, but it could work on the same level as like an NTSF or uh, Newsreaders, Newsreaders Eagle or Eagle Heart, <laughs> something along those lines. I think, I think if they got the right minds behind it, I think somebody should pitch this at uh, Adult Swim because I, 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 it would just be hilarious, and even call it season three if they, you know, I'm sure they could buy the rights to it or something, you know, if they really wanted to. So, well, they'd have to to get the name, so. Yeah, that, that might be the only thing that'd hold it back is they'd have to. Do pay you really think it'd fees. be that big of an issue to get the licensing fees for Big Bunch Nights? I don't know how much this costs. You <laughs> don't know what kind of asshole corporate suits could be involved in this. I don't know. Some no, some like homeless guy probably fucking owns the rights. He doesn't oh, even fucking remember. He's got the masters in a cardboard box <laughs> in an alley somewhere. Because <laughs> that's what it did to his life. It fucking ruined his life, man. He's in the park with all the illegals and gangs and stuff. Hanging out, watching vampires kill joggers at night, okay? And he's maybe he's watching after Teague, the government. Never know. You never know. Well, yeah, Baywatch Nights continues to be absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. Uh, some of the stuff that David Asloss says in this show is just absolutely ridiculous. You can tell why... You know Bay I don't believe in the boogity-boogity. You can tell why Baywatch uh, was the, the pinnacle of his acting career, because he's not the greatest actor ever. <laughs> I mean, his subsequent afterwards, he's done a lot of uh, self appearances in movies like SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie, and uh, Piranha Three Double D, playing a joke version of himself. I don't think that's the best he can do. So I, that's why that's why I feel like he could do he could reprise this role as Mitch Buchanan on Baywatch Nights and have it be as ridiculous 
because he's pretty good at being ridiculous and he doesn't even know it half the time. So I would definitely, definitely like to see a rehatch of Baywatch Nights or even if they wanted to show everybody the, what the show is actually like and they just cut it down to 15 minutes. I'm sure they cut the fat off these episodes and give you a 15 minute version of these episodes (laughs) because there's so much just bullshit that goes on, and it, they oh, probably yeah. they probably make just as much sense without all the other stuff oh, as yeah. they do with all the stuff in oh, them. There is so much weird, unnecessary stuff in the mummy episode. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, in the Viking one alone, there were so much slow motion shots that took up at least like five. Well, they were just purposely time. wasting time there because they had nothing going on. Yeah. Like the mummy episode, like they tried to have stuff going on, but it didn't make sense. Or like it, time portals and, all of a sudden, and oh yeah. And like different the, dimensions and the hypnotized goons who won't do anything to try to stop Ryan when she breaks into their headquarters. <laughs> and Mitch can constantly not believing in mummies, even this, though he fights it at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, you know, that, that's okay. Continue being the skeptic you are, Mitch. Continue being the skeptic you are. Oh. Well, I'm sure we'll cover another episode of Baywatch Nights in the future. It's, it continues to be a uh, great show for us to watch. Uh, I'd like to actually watch maybe some episodes of Hercules and Xena at some point. I'm, I know those shows got pretty ridiculous. As well as Cleopatra 2525, oh. a show that we have watched in the past. Not on this podcast, but we've, we've me and Dan have watched it in the past. And it's a absolutely insane, ridiculous show. In the year 2525, three women keep hope alive. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe some VIP even at one point. Oh, some, God, Some yes. she-spies, which was basically VIP, but with Natasha, Natasha Henstridge instead of Pamela Anderson. So you got all those lovely, wonderful B-shows, uh, you know, those syndicated shows. If we, if we, if only we could find some episodes of that karate show. Uh, WMAC Masters. Yeah, WMAC Masters. I'd love to watch an episode of that. Or that Thunderdome show or whatever I was talking about before. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'd love to watch an episode of that, and if if it's even able to be found anywhere on YouTube or something like that. But next week we are going to do a uh, movie that has a subtitle that has been joked upon and joked upon and joked upon in all sorts of pop culture over the years. The movie I'm talking about is the sequel to the 19, I believe, 85. My computer, I didn't. It's turned off right now. But I believe it was a 1985 movie, and it came out in this. The sequel came out the same year as the original. Talking about the movie Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Just think if the Step Up movies had like an all black cast and were done in the 80s. <laughs> it almost has that like the Wiz vibe to it going on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This well, this wasn't too far removed from the Wiz. Wiz is like late 70s, and this is mid 80s. So. Yeah, yeah. So Break Into Electric Boogaloo. It looks absolutely ridiculous. If if you thought some of this, the, the the dance scene in the McDonald's parking lot in Mac and Me was outrageous, uh, I'm expecting that tenfold. Because it looked like they were dancing in a supermarket parking lot at one point in the trailer, dancing in a hospital, dancing underneath the highway. And a stereotypical evil white businessman telling him, you don't stand a chance against me and his army of bulldozers and backhoes coming to destroy their whole neighborhood, apparently. <laughs> Like, this is what happens. We just call in the, the demolition vehicles and tear buildings down. Well, they have the power... Whether of, people get out or not. If they, have, they have the power of dance, and if you believe in the beat, that's what they said in the trailer, you believe in the beat, take it out. So, like, we're gonna work... Me and Dan are gonna believe in the beat next week. Oh, we're gonna beat it like crazy next week. <laughs> or even just tonight. 
I'm going to be finger slamming tonight. What are you talking about? Doing work. <laughs> Doing work. <laughs> Next time I see your fingers, they better be bandages up like Shishio from Aroni Kenshin. <laughs> They're going to be all taped for sure. Mongo McMichael style. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of... <laughs> or no, it's Spider-Man. Gonna, it's going to be all four. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> all eight, actually. West Side. <laughs> So yeah, next week, uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It'll be absolutely ridiculous, I'm sure. I've always heard amazing things about how awful this movie is. I've never actually seen it. Apparently there was a third movie called Rappin'. The spiritual <laughs> the spiritual sequel. Because there's, nothing... there's obviously a spiritual side to this movie. <laughs> I can't wait to find out the spiritual sides to Breakin'. The, uh... I believe set the road set the road for lots of dance movies like the Step Up series, but this is all about the breakdance craze of the eighties. And I cannot wait. It looked like there look like some ridiculous characters in this movie. Breaking two electric boogaloo. Boogaloo sounds like a really gross word if you think. Oh yeah. Give her the boogaloo last <laughs> night. She didn't like it. I got boogaloo all over her face. <laughs> well, well, let's give her the boogaloo towel. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for the guy that has to clean up all the boogaloo at the porn stores and the, and the little peep show rooms. You know, clean those boogaloo streaks off the windows. <laughs> so, for B-Movie Breakdown, I'm Corey. I'm DRC. And, uh, wake up. Wipe this boogaloo off my dick. It's the best of the worst B-Movie Breakdown at the